Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. Well, welcome to the Clerical Errors Podcast from the Toxin Tasting Studio. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And we have a special guest today. I'm Carney. State your name, Carney. <laughs> what's your rank? I am a first lieutenant in the Army, a, a chaplain in the U.S. Army. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yep. You. Yeah, we just had his uh, uh, installation service here not yeah. too long ago. Beautiful so, sermon. It Beautiful was, it sermon. Was it, 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 if I had tear ducts, I would have cried for joy. <laughs> I, I told Julie afterwards, I said it, it was kind of basic, but it was, you know, I didn't really break any ground there, but. It was good. It was good. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So since Carney's leaving us, uh, he brought the uh, beverage. The beverage. Yes, I brought a Lake Time Brewery, which is an Iowa uh, brew, and it's Oktoberfest, being October, and this is my last night, really, in, in Iowa. I'm, I'm, uh, the truck leaves tomorrow with all of our earthly possessions, and I'm following it out. So uh, I thought we could toast to uh, the last five years, well, seven, with uh, Pastor Bullhagen. I was, I was uh, Vicar, what was I, Pointo? I, like, I would have been nine. Maybe, like yeah, something like that. Yeah, 9.0. And so uh, I've, I've known Pastor Bullhagen for a while now. and, and uh, you, were the, uh, you were the Abacus version. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Bible study, I uh, got a little teary-eyed on, and I said, you know what? Our, our vicar's growing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've, I've been here the last five years in the circuit with these guys. And uh, so I thought we'd, we'd toast, to, uh, uh, toast to it with uh, Oktoberfest Bavarian Lager from Lake Time Brewery. So, All right. So what I might do is I might just uh, just pepper you with questions right. every once in a while. When I, <laughs> when I get distracted, I'll just fire a question that I'm curious about the chaplaincy. So Well, you would never get distracted. That's <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's known for his, uh, for his singularity of purpose. That's right. <laughs> hey, I'm honest about it. <laughs> this is true. It's helpful. It's helpful when I'm honest about it. Very good. It serves you, though. What do you really think, does. Vicar? Vicar's here. Tastes like I'm in Germany. Huh? Have you ever been to Germany? No. Huh? <laughs> really, well, you I, look like you're in Germany. Are, are the Bavarians really German, though? I mean, now my, my my family insists no. So I'm uh, I'm half Irish and half German, and I once said that in front of my dad, and he corrected me and said, "No, you're Bavarian." So no, they do not claim German status; they claim Bavarian. So you're in the army then, right? That is correct. So this is my first question. I wonder. Okay. Okay. That means you're a trained killer, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I suppose technically in my enlisted days, yes, but no. Ar- army chaplains do not carry. Oh. Uh, we are we are non-combatants according to the Geneva Convention and Title Ten U.S. Code. So uh, we do not carry any weapons. We uh, we are there to be pastors to the you, to you, the flock of the. You church. carry the sword of the spirit. That's right. That's right. Which is far more deadly anyway. So who needs a gun? Well, and then I don't want. I can't ask my next question. My follow-up question to that, <laughs> which is anyway. how many how many people have you killed? It's the question, right? No, 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 no. Because you're a trained killer, I was going to ask who in this room do you think you could take. <laughs> That's a great question. I I I, could, I probably stand a chance with Julie. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Off to a rousing start. We just got started, and you're talking about beating up my wife. <laughs> hey, man, it was your question. <laughs> I don't know. Vicar's thin. I think you got him. <laughs> Vicar, what do you think? <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> but maybe after the show, we'll have a go. We'll see what yeah, happens. We'll, we'll have to record that, put it on the YouTube. Have a scrum. 
have a kerfuffle. That's right. Fisticuffs. I love all those old fighting names. <laughs> it's pretty rad, man. But I digress. Have Bert, a row. A row. <laughs> That's one I haven't heard for a while. That's uh, your angle file over here. You a know. rumble? That's right. Maybe a rumble? <laughs> so, Berg, what are you preaching on? Vicar, what's a text for Sunday? What's a gospel reading? Do you know? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Honesty, it's good. I, I have looked at it. We had a... To be fair, it's Tuesday when we, most of us were at a pastor's conference. So, um, it is from Luke 14, and it has uh, really two essential parts. One is the healing of a, a man on Sabbath, um, where uh, Jesus uh, heals someone, and uh, the Pharisees have trouble with it because it was on the Sabbath, and they weren't supposed to heal on the Sabbath, apparently, or do anything. And then uh, the second part is the parable of the wedding feast, where, uh, where when you go to a wedding feast, um, sit at the low seat. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say about that, Berg? <clears throat> I actually was thinking about this during the conference. And uh, my, the first thing I came to was, okay, are these like two different narratives or are they actually unified by something? And I think they're actually unified. I think they're, they're really the same narrative. Uh, uh, and the same teaching of Jesus just in two different ways. Mm-hmm. The first way, I think Jesus teaches by practicing polemics. Polemics is the art of disputation, okay? Uh, it, the, the word polemic actually comes from the Greek word for war, right? Uh, which is very apropos for, you know, our, <laughs> yeah. uh, our, our guest. Uh, because he's going to war against the Pharisees, these men who uh, seek to humiliate him and exalt themselves in the process. And he teaches them in a very, very sharp uh, and different way than in the second part, where Jesus teaches uh, how we normally teach, Mm -hmm. uh, very straightforward. Um, So I I think there's, uh, uh, I think here Jesus is showing too that polemics are necessary in the church, especially when when the church faces her adversaries. And and I think uh, this text is uh, probably the reason why that a lot of Lutherans sit in the back of church. (laughs) Friend, come up higher. Right? That's right. Indeed. <laughs> I've always thought of putting in like a, a machine to uh, like an escalator sort of deal. So like the, the pews will just like go down and then I'll bring them all up to the front. <laughs> well, especially where you're at, you've got a long church. It's it's long. And so you're probably at times like, hello back there. Indeed. It, uh, we're getting we're getting people to sit up front. It's slow but sure. So. So, so part of that is then... Obviously, just realizing, you know, you know, you, you can't teach about, uh, you know, taking the lower seat without thinking about Christ. Right. Who became the, became the least among us. Right. And, you know, all of this is taught by Jesus' life it, itself, right? Even though he's teaching these things in two different ways, um, he is the one who is always doing good. He is the one who is always humiliating himself and thinking of the other. Which is um, which, and it's completely, completely different than, I think, modern thought. Right. In the sense that uh, when people thought, think about what are my rights, you know, we, you know, we believe that men should be pastors, not women. And that, well, don't they have the right to be there rather than seeking, well, how may I serve? How can I be the least? Right. And how does God tell me about that? And that's the thing is that uh, even, and this is why polemics is necessary, right? Because there are adversaries of Christ out there uh, who don't want to learn. And for the sake of the flock, we actually have to defend them against the wolves. Because if all you do is feed the sheep, 
you make pretty good lamb chops for for the wolf. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, so. Hey, hey, Carney, do you have anything to add? Well, I know this isn't the uh, epistle reading for that particular Sunday, but it certainly brings to mind Philippians 2. Uh, let each of you, uh, sorry, have, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Uh, the the uh, idea that, that you mentioned uh, uh, women uh, pastors is one that's often, uh, especially uh, as, as pastors in the Missouri Synod, we hear that a lot, where people will say, oh, you must think much of yourselves. And and I, I think it's uh, it's wrong-headed to think about it that way, that we we follow the example of our Lord both in, in uh, Scripture and in, in uh, humility and authority. It's, it's a recognition that we don't have the right to come up with our own plans and, and machinations. We we take orders from higher up and fitting with what we were talking yeah. about before. That uh, You preached on Sunday that uh, the, the centurion uh, says, I too am a man under authority. And that is true of every pastor. We don't stand up there by our own our own power and might. We stand up there by the authority of God. And that's the only authority we have is, is the word of God that is given to us to speak. So I have so. a question. Um, middle of the day, I have to ask my chaplain questions here. <laughs> so... Uh, who is on your personal Mount Rushmore of military chaplains? Ooh, that is a tough one. I don't know. Vicar, how about yours? Well, there's. Let's see. There's Carney. <laughs> I wouldn't put me up there. No. <laughs> uh, is, is there no. is there one that's like like uh, kind of well known? Is there like um, uh, there are a number? Um, I I think. I think the thing with the chaplaincy, though, is that uh, as I've studied uh, the, my, my forebears in that field, particularly in the, in the Missouri Synod, uh, just like being a pastor, there's, there's a lot of unsung heroes that do heroic deeds that don't receive medals of honor because whatever circumstance, that's, that's, not, the, that's not what we do it for, right? It's, I think there's uh, a number of very faithful Missouri Synod uh, chaplains out there, and, and uh, I, I think mine would have to be kind of faceless. I know that's kind of a cop-out, but uh, I, I know too many good men to to put any any up right. on that on that wall. Well, you know what? There there is one chaplain that I I've often admired, and there's a book about him that I'd like to say I, I've read, but I've paged through. <laughs> and I've heard it's a really good book. Are there good pictures? <laughs> <laughs> and that is um, maybe we could put the link up of it, but it's a book um, oh. about the pastor who was uh, Mission who, at Nuremberg is the name of the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's uh, Pastor Henry Garricky. He was. Uh, he was a chaplain in, in World War II that uh, his, his sons were both uh, drafted in the war, and he, had, at a late age, I think he was 40, and had to get a waiver to get in, uh, felt, felt uh, a, a strong desire to go and support the soldiers. His, his boys were both at war, and he felt uh, a strong desire to be there. And, and uh, the, the uh, Missouri Synod called him as a chaplain, active duty. And because of his uh, ability with the German language, uh, at the end of the war, he, uh, everybody else was going home with uh, VE Day and, and celebrating the victory. Uh, he was asked to stay back and be the chaplain to the uh, war criminals, the SS war criminals. And so Mission at Nuremberg is a fascinating study where you are able to see some of the notes and, and the mind of a, a chaplain uh, given to preach Christ to those that, uh, that are, have done despicable and horrible things. And there are some who, who do repent and that uh, he mentions that he fully expects to see them at the resurrection. And there are those that don't and to their dying breath uh, curse God and die. Uh, so it's a very fascinating study of pastoral care in a pretty extreme circumstance. All right. All right, that brings us <laughs> with that to uh, our top 12 list. Uh, Peter, hey, why don't you say it, Carney? 
I don't I don't remember how it goes. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <laughs> he claims to listen. How I can you claim to listen and not know what this well, is? I also have a little bit of attention uh, deficit <laughs> issues, so I know I know. <laughs> Peter. Play it. The intro. Play the intro. That's it. <laughs> Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. No, no, that's, no, that's not it. Oh, come on. Nice guys. try. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Hi, <Highlight, yeah. laughs> All right. So, so what do you got for us tonight? Well, uh, what did we just have the last couple of days? A pastor's conference. Pastor's conference. Okay. Uh, what do you think would be, for someone like me, would be very challenging about a pastor's conference? <laughs> oh, let me count the ways. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to say it, do you? So, this is kind of a public public service announcement. I got to turn off my... Uh, my sound. I do. I do like your your text message. My re- yeah. My my text message <laughs> yeah, is a uh, Old Spice whistle. It's it's That's pretty. It was, yeah, yeah. It's apropos. It reminds me of this story. Okay. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those shows. <laughs> That's okay. It's gonna be one of those shows. Just accept it. All right. So, I got a call from way back when. Nobody knows who this is, so I can say it. It was uh, like when I first got a cell phone. Okay. I thought it'd be fun to for the ringtone to be the Price is Right fail horn. <laughs> you know, bum, 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 bum. <sighs> so, so I get a phone call, right, on the church phone. My cell phone is sitting right there in front of me. And, uh, and I had it turned up because I'm not really good at answering text messages. <laughs> we can all attest to yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. So... <laughs> So I had to turn turn it turn way up, and and I get a phone call from someone who uh, wanted to get married, and and generally as uh, Lutherans, pastors, Missouri City, we have certain qualifications that we don't just say, oh okay, come take a look around the church, see if you want to get married here, right? <laughs> right. You know, uh, it's a Christian marriage, and so we expect them to, for us to know them, see them in church, and know that they're Christian. Well. This particular person had about a hundred reasons why it really wasn't time to be married. Okay, mm. hundreds of them. Okay, <laughs> seems like. And so, so uh, finally, it's building up, and I'm, you know, thinking, okay, 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 I'll talk to her, you know. Uh, but uh, before, you know, I could say, come and visit with me, and we can talk about it, you know, because there's always an opportunity there. Mm-hmm. So she says, so uh, will you marry us? On this day, and just then, guess what I got? A text message. Text yes! Message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so she goes, so, will you marry us? And everyone heard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> so, did she visit you? <laughs> no. Um, Something I, told her to stay home. I told her, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, oh no! So if she if, if if she happens to be listening, I really didn't want to talk. I did want to talk with you. <laughs> I was, anyways. But it could have been timed more perfectly. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah it's a god thing. So what were we talking about? So what were we talking about? Top twelve. Top twelve. Top 12. Yes. Pastors conference. Pastors conference. Yeah. Um, so my top twelve list is is this. Now you don't have to be a pastor for this because a lot of people t- attend conferences. Correct. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, mm. a lot of different professions. Yep, continuing ed. Well, Peter, do you have to ever go to any conferences, any meetings? Nah, I'm all good there. All right. <laughs> you don't have any, you don't have any like podcast engineer seminars you have to attend <laughs> to to steer this train wreck. I've actually got several this week, so. Oh wow! I'm a, I'm a pretty busy guy. We're gonna double your pay. What were we talking about? Top twelve <laughs> list. <laughs> so. Uh, this is a little helpful uh, top 12 list. If you have trouble paying attention in a conference. They can go on long. Yes, this is nice. true. Right. So, so I, like I've been a pastor. Pack, then. Right. I've been a pastor for 21 years. And, and I've always had to find, because you know what? If you have attention issues, sometimes they can literally be painful. You can have a physical reaction. The yes. struggle is real. <laughs> you're, you're, no, you don't think I'm. You think I'm kidding? I, I but. know. I know what you're talking about. I I, uh, I I fully understand what you're saying. You actually yeah. sometimes get angry. Sometimes uh, it's just. I tend to feel it in my legs where I'm just kind of itchy and almost like my skin's crawling. I just need to leave. And yeah, yeah, I I got gotcha. you. So so these are the top 12 uh, attention deficit conference <laughs> life hacks which is so fitting for today it's so fitting where was this today. 5 years ago here we go <laughs> <laughs> no 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 here's the thing you've you don't need this you've experienced you've seen me do probably most of these probably yep and and Vicar's seen some of these already uh, 16.0 so so say you're at a conference here's the thing all right. What you want to do is you still want to give respect to the person presenting and you want to yep. you want to make the most of it. You yep. don't want to just sit there and waste your time. So these are ways to help you think about it, pay attention, things that you can do to to have more comfort in sitting there for a uh-huh. long long time. All right? Okay. All right. Number 12. Offer to get coffee for people at your table. <laughs> Aw, that's a nice thing. Yeah, see, see, it's nice. You, you get up, you stretch, you walk around. Everyone th- says, oh. That's, he, that's servant leadership right yeah, there. Yeah, in fact, I think I did that within 15 <laughs> minutes of the conference starting this yesterday. I was like, Vicar, you need some coffee? <laughs> well, and then everybody has to go to the bathroom, so, you there know. You there you go. Is that number 11? Uh, no. <laughs> number 11. Make friends with people who actually pay attention and take notes. Hey. So that uh, when, not if, you miss something, you can always ask. Wise as serpents, right? That's mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like cheating off the smart kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I contend that but having a, attention deficit issues is not a matter of smart. It's a matter of different. You're right. Here, here. <laughs> All right. Number 10. Draw pictures of the points that you want to remember. <laughs> this ties in well if you've ever seen Pastor Bullhagen's sermon notes. A lot of times pictures are involved. It's... That, that's actually true. <laughs> that's, sometimes I actually will, in my sermon manuscript, I will have pictures <laughs> to remind me of the kinds of wow. things that I talk about. And so I imagine the pictures in my head that I see, <laughs> and I describe what I see in my head. It's a thing. It works for him. <laughs> See, this is a new, like, homiletics thing that we yeah, can do, right? Put out a book and be like, you know, um, uh, you know, paint by preaching, right? Right. <laughs> you know? No, no, that's true. Try this sometime, Berg. Uh, 
is a is a find a really good picture of the text that you're studying. Okay, mm -hmm. and there's a time in the sermon we have to kind of describe what's going on. Mm -hmm. Take a really good look at that picture, and kind of think about it. And then when you're preaching, you have that picture of what's going on, and just describe what you see in your head mm -hmm. of what's going on. What do you think about that? Most people would be afraid of what is going on in my head. So. <laughs> Number nine. Um, stretch as though you have severe back pain. <laughs> I'm going into the infantry. I'm pretty sure soon I will have severe back pain. <laughs> so, you know, because you have to stand up sometimes. Right? <laughs> it's true. And you, if you say, I'm standing up because I'm having trouble paying attention. But if you stand up and you put your, your right hand, like, right there in your lower back, oh, yeah, and you make back. this little bit of a wince, people think, oh, okay, yeah, he's a... Uh, he looks like he's been squatting anyways. <laughs> so I thought you said you skipped leg day. That... <laughs> See, I do I do listen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Number eight. This is not everyone can do this, but uh, this is why I found helpful is uh, get yourself a podcast and write a top twelve list during the conference. <laughs> That is oddly specific. Yeah. Yeah, if you, you have a conference, you're like, um, uh, maybe I should start a podcast. There you go. Jeez. Are you all right, Bert? Yeah. It's, Are you learning it's, something? I, I am. I'm learning a lot. Are you finding any of these helpful? They are all incredibly helpful. All right. But these these are don't like I said these aren't just for pastors these are for anybody at a anybody yeah. anybody number seven use the ideas given to spark immediate ideas. Here's the thing, let me explain what that means. Okay, so your mind tends to wander sometimes. Yes. Right. And so, so when you your mind wanders, actually use that because. When you have attention issues, part of the problem is your mind is just working faster than the presenter can talk, right? And you're thinking about things actually more quickly. So for me, I generally tend to think of wisecracks. <laughs> I don't know if you... That is shocking to me to hear. <laughs> right. But I've learned to, to use that to think of, of ideas, taking the information that you're hearing and, and actually using that immediate thought process to think of actually good and helpful ideas mm -hmm. for what you're doing. Well, I like, it. like I, I did my whole uh, midweek Lenten service when uh, in the first like 10 minutes of him talking. So <laughs> felt like a lot wow. better, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is funny. I have number six written down, but it's a fragment sentence, and I'm not sure what I was thinking of. <laughs> read it. Read it. Read it. Read All it. Right. Read it. Number six. Find something in the presentation that you're. <laughs> That's all I have written down. <laughs> <laughs> what was the title of these top 12 again? <laughs> wow. Excited that, about Hey, Vicar, you can uh... attest to that. That's that not, not actually. That's actually what happened, right? True story. Yeah. See, you know what I should have done? I should have put a picture in there. Indeed. That I would have put helped. a picture in there. Picture's worth a thousand words right there. All right. Number five. Exercise. During the presentation? Well, uh, to a certain degree. You know, for example, you get a break, right? Mm-hmm. 
You can you start doing yoga, like while he's presenting. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I thought that Might was be a little awkward. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that one of your heresies last week? <laughs> downward, <laughs> downward dog, oh, or whatever. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but for example, you could choose to either during the break to grab a grab some uh, cookies and sit down, or you can take a brisk ten minute walk. See. See. That's yeah. True. Or if you, uh, or if you have a lunch to to actually go and do some push-ups, get the because mm-hmm. the thing is you got this Put energy. Put chairs away, up. you know. Work on the guns. Right. You know. Right. Exercise. Find a way to, to when you're not. When you well, and when ha- you're sitting there, you know, you can do like peck your peck deals. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, hey, Bird, can you hand me a Kleenex? I should make the vicar do it, but. My nose is running. Servant leader. <laughs> oh, fail. Number four. Now, this is something that really actually, to me, is is, is really helpful, and it's weird, okay? It's kind of weird, as I described it, okay? <laughs> All right. Seek to be interested in the person as a presenter. So you understand, you like under, try to, is the presenter's going. Okay? So, so in other words, fake it till you make it. No, 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 no. So, like, the presenter's going. You think to yourself, like, hmm, I wonder what kind of car he drives. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, th- I can attest. This is, this is a very effective method. Because, I, because what happens yes. is, this is because your mind is going and you're thinking and you're still catching the information. But, but then the more you try to understand, like, I wonder what his favorite food is. <laughs> I, I've got a, like I that like wow. I mean, I've got an example. Okay, here, here here's an example. While I was at basic training to become a chaplain, there was a uh, a retired colonel who was an infantry officer turned historian, and he told us about the the Battle of Cowpens from the Revolutionary War. And I can tell you all that I know about the Battle of Cowpens comes comes from the movie The Patriot, which is not at all historically accurate. But this guy lived and breathed history. So when I started thinking, you know, I wonder what it's like at home for him and his wife, who is also a historian, what a dinner table conversation must be like. And I started thinking, you know, who is this guy on the inside? How does he tick? What does he, you know, what does he do? I really started to give him a lot more grace in what he was presenting and actually digesting more than I would have had I just been Because, because what happens is you, you actually think about the person and, and your, your brain starts to then predict then yeah. what he's going to say. And if everything matches up, I know it's like Berg looks very confused. <laughs> you look I, very confused. I, I just I just don't know how you guys live your lives. Well, disclaimer, predicting <laughs> what he's going to say is not an effective method for marriage conversations. Just throwing that out right. there. I've gotten in a lot of trouble over the years. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that, that, that you take your predictions <laughs> and say, well, that prediction is the gospel truth. Sure. Although I've been married for 25 years. I know my wife more than she knows herself. She knows it's true. She'll tell me. She'll say, I'm hungry. And she doesn't know what she's hungry for. I know exactly what she's hungry for. It's true. Because I'm actually interested in my wife as a person. Oh, <laughs> so touching. I think about what kind of car does she like to drive? <laughs> oh, a minivan. Watch it, buddy. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> looks like I'm, looks like Bullhagen is driving, walking home tonight. <laughs> no, but, but if, and what it is, that does too is because 
when it's a slow presentation, mm-hmm. you have to fight the urge to be angry with the person who's boring you to death. <laughs> and it creates empathy. Yes, this is true. It, it, no, no, Berg, this is very weird for you. It, yeah, but, yeah, I don't, I don't believe in that. <laughs> Berg's relating to the other guy. <laughs> yeah, Ber- Berg's the other guy. <laughs> Yes, so that's what that's what we're doing. We're like, we need when I do the podcast, Berg. I wonder, hmm, <laughs> what kind of French does he like? The crinkle cut French fries or the curly cute French fries? See, like the emperor, I want you to embrace your hatred. So, <laughs> but it actually, in a way, it creates empathy and appreciation that people are a certain way. You understand that, and then you appreciate what they have to say because you understand it from the way he sees life or she sees life. For us, it's a he because it's usually a pastor's conference. Yep. You might even find that person in real life. Like at the seminary, when I see a professor drive out of the entrance in a Volkswagen with the seat down low and the hand up high, (laughs) and uh, it's a professor that I have a hard time, you know, staying attentive in class. But... I emphasize. Easy for you to say. Yeah, easy for you to say. But you know, I I saw him as a person, and uh, and then sometimes you actually see them in real life. Sometimes you confirm yourself in your predictions, and other times you're completely wrong. That's yeah. true. Both awesome though. <laughs> well, isn't that kind of what we're doing with this podcast a little bit? Peter a... makes us sound way better than we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can also attest to that. That is true. That's... <laughs> All right. Number three. When your mind wanders, simply direct it into helpful ways. I guess I kind of said that already, didn't I? That's okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's okay. When I wrote it, I had written number eight, and then I, I'd forgotten that I had written. <laughs> 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 Number two, make shorter lists. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I would, yeah, I would do a top nine list, but that's just not how we roll. Number two. This is this is simple. It actually goes kind of hand in hand with with your uh, forgive and forget. Nice. You know how you, you remember that? Yeah. It touches the place where my heart right. should be. I remember portions of it. <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> um, and that is is know yourself, okay? Mm-hmm. So there is a tendency when you have attention issues, right, is to beat yourself up over it, to say, oh, I should have been paying more attention, and to 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 be mad at yourself that you you couldn't get what you wanted out of it, or whatever the case may be. But if you simply know that that's who you are, and embrace it. One is, it takes the anxiety out of it, and it, and it helps you, opens up to say, okay, okay, I may miss some things, or my mind might wander. I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And, uh, and so, because that's what can make it painful, and it is when you're listening and, and you want to pay attention, or you're reading a long book and you really want to digest every word, and it just doesn't come the way you want it to. And if you just know that that's who you are and just say, I'm going to do my best at it. I'm going to do my best to pay attention. But 
but that's who I am. I'm not going to beat myself over it. It's, it's really no different than any other kind of thing that people go through. Mm-hmm. If someone has depression, they beat themselves over it. They're saying, I really shouldn't be sad like I am. Or somebody has anxiety, they think, I really shouldn't be anxious about it uh, because I know everything's in, in G- the hands of Jesus. But, but if you simply know that's who you are and you still do your best, but you don't beat yourself up over it, and, and then it really is a very freeing idea. I think it can also help for the pastor in particular to consider we have members with attention deficit issues, and even more so as, as people are used to sound bites and things like that. So it, it's a, a healthy reminder to have a cohesive sermon mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, all of us have sat through a sermon that had dis, dis, you know disjointed portions all over the place and you get lost and you miss the whole point. Or it's a good reminder to us that uh, to, to preach to those. That who, is true. When I'm working on a sermon, I'll say, I think there. I will actively think to myself, this would not hold my attention. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's when it's time to, to rework it. Yeah. Yeah. You learned something, Berg? Tons. All right. <laughs> and number one. Make haikus from what you're learning. <laughs> nice. I will always endorse poetry. So. so, so for example, the Baptist, Thomas, the Passover, and the third day, the Gospel of John. Nice. <laughs> that is basically Excellent. what we talked about <laughs> for two days. <laughs> Think of all the wonderful haikus you could have made there, Bert. No, I think your one basically covered it. And I was only there. Never mind. <laughs> yep. You yeah. know how I was able to do that so well? Because I, it's because I was thinking about you're just talented. The person. I was empathizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little empathy goes a long way. So um, that is the top twelve list. By the way, if you are listening, let us know what you're you're having as part of the show. The whole idea is to for you to sit back, feel feel like you're a part of the room, like you're on your. Like in your own, you're in your own little, little uh, VIP section, listening to uh, the the podcast. Let us know what you are are having during the podcast, Vicar. Where can they get hold of us? You can find us at Clerical Airs on Facebook. They can add us at Clerical Airs P for podcast on Twitter. At me, bro. They can find <laughs> us just searching in that Google bar, clericalairs.org, or any app where podcasts can be found. All right. So, Carney, when they ask, well, what'd you do your last night in Iowa? <laughs> I was on a, a a wonderful podcast that's heard worldwide, at least the United States wide, except for Oklahoma. So, so another chaplain question. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, what, uh, what led you to the military chaplaincy in the sense of, did, uh, did God come knocking on your door? <laughs> did you have some sort of a... Uh, a shining moment. Ah. No, I can't say that it was quite like that. But, uh, well, I, I was a musician in the uh, Illinois and Indiana National Guards, respectively, uh, through college and, and seminary. And uh, over the course of time, I got to got my toe in the water of, of military culture and got to know a lot of soldiers. And uh, <clears throat> over, over the years, I, uh, I it just it was a thought that wouldn't go away that there are soldiers that need pastors. And um, in particular, uh Here's a shameless plug. The uh, Iowa East Symposium uh, was started my second or third year in the parish. And uh, the topic that I chose for that uh, was the 
uh, just warfare, that just war is, is, uh, is considered a good work according to our confessions, but that's not clarified. What is just warfare? So we, we had a conference with uh, the young pastors in the district on, uh, on just warfare, and it got me thinking a lot more about uh, the particular struggles and difficulties of our soldiers and how they, they need uh, good Missouri Synod uh, pastors. And then uh, after I, I became a reserve chaplain, I met a soldier down in Fort, uh, Fort Polk, Louisiana. My, my unit was uh, doing some training down there. And I met a soldier actually from Fort Drum, who uh, his brother is at the seminary in Fort Wayne. And I, I apologize, but I cannot remember his name. Uh, but his brother's at the seminary right now. And uh, he's in Fort Drum. And in Fort Drum, it's about an hour and a half to the nearest Missouri Synod Church. And so this man had gone about a year and a half without communion because the training mm. schedule was fast and furious. He didn't have time to go home. So uh, that was the first time someone has begged me for the Lord's Supper. And uh, he, he told me his circumstances. I, I communed him and I thought, I went home thinking there are a lot of guys like this that uh, are, are guys and girls that are out there that are going a long period of time without a pastor, sometimes deploying. Well, in the course of time, I, uh, I became an active duty chaplain through the Missouri Synod. And uh, when I was assigned my, the, the army assigns where we go. It has nothing to do with the Missouri Synod saying where we go. It's the army decides where we go. And uh, when I received my orders, of all the battalions in the army, I went to this soldier's battalion. So I uh, will will get to know him, uh, assuming he has in PCS to a new location. I will. Uh, what will, is PCS? Uh, permanent change of station. Every okay. three years, the army moves you. Sorry, um, the the army has almost as many as many acronyms as the Missouri Synod. Almost. It sounds like maybe. A- if you were around longer, you could do a top 12 list. How to sit through a conference when you have PCS. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's kind of the long story, long and short story of how I, how I became a, a Missouri Synod chaplain. Uh, but yeah, so that's how it happened. All right. So uh, what do you want to do, Berg? We could do a news that bothers Berg. We could spin the wheel. So, or do you want to do your, uh, your quote? No, bring, uh, bring on the... Uh... The Bible passage. All right. Let's stick it into Mr. Roboto and see what comes out. All right. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> that was your cue. Oh, that I didn't realize that was me. Follow orders. <laughs> Play the sound bite. <laughs> I can't remember. Play the intro. Do you have impaired concentration? Then this is for you. It's the impaired concentration Bible study. One verse, one verse only. You told me I wouldn't have to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Peter, what do we have for a verse today? Well, let's find out. Uh, we have Hebrews 10.23. All right. Hebrews 10.23. Vicar. Didn't we have Hebrews last time? We did. We did. Wow. <clears throat> Hebrews 10:23 Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. All right. What do you have to say about that, Berg? I think we should ask Chaplain Kearney. <laughs> well, I think it's appropriate so speaking of the chaplain side of things, uh the chaplaincy puts pastors into a position where they're having to make a bold confession in a milieu of many, many confessions, not unlike a pastor in small town in Iowa. Uh, around us, there are, are many, uh, ma- many uh, confessions that are, are vying for our adherence, many uh, 
false beliefs and, and uh, misleading doctrines that want to pull us astray. Uh, but we are to hold fast to uh, the confession of our faith, uh, confession of our hope without wavering. And we do so not because we have any power in ourselves. We do so because he who promised is faithful, that the one who promised to uh, keep us in our baptismal vows and keep us uh, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience uh, through our baptism uh, will we'll keep us keep us pure through his wholesome word. So I have a question, Berg. I think you can answer this one. I'll try. It, 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 says, it talks about our confession, right? Yes. What is the difference between the confession of our hope and just a personal belief? Is there, do you see much of a difference or is it the same thing? I mean, uh, usually, I mean, it'd be fun to see the Greek on this, but since we're, uh, um, do I, do you have the Greek? I can pull it up. Nice. See, technology is awesome. Um, if it's, if it's what I think it is, it's, uh, for confession, it's homologeo, right? Um, it means saying the same thing, right? From, from the Greek word homo, meaning the same mm -hmm. and logeo, which means to speak. speak yeah. Right. Um, a confession is a speaking. Um, it is beyond just a belief. Um, and it's a corporate thing, right? Uh, oftentimes it is. Um, we, uh, as we believe, therefore we we speak, and we speak together. We say the same thing together. Um, and so, because yeah. this is this is this is the reason why I, I wanted to to bring that up is because because. Uh, I think it's an important distinction to make that you have a church's confession and then you also have a personal belief. So, for example, if, if someone uh, comes to communion or mm -hmm. wants to come to communion and you ask, well, some churches say, well, I'll ask, do you believe you're receiving the body and blood of Jesus? And they might be of a church body where they don't believe that. So they might that day say, well, that's what I believe today, but it is not their confession. Mm -hmm. And so I, I do believe that, uh, that in some ways, our personal beliefs from day to day waver. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. what, we, what we believe on a personal level yesterday, today, and tomorrow always changes, whether it's about science, whether it's about um, uh, uh, politics, it's whether it's about sports, all those things. We, we, you know, we're not the same people. Our personal beliefs waver all over the place. But, but what is, what keeps us firm in the true faith is a confession, is, is having something where we say, this is what we believe, teach, and confess. confess. So, for example, this happens a lot of times with Lutherans. Has this ever happened to you where, where someone says to you, well, I believe as a Lutheran, I believe this. And then you ask them to describe it and they have trouble describing it. Mm -hmm. And they have trouble explaining why. <laughs> and I do believe what happens is, is over time, the personal belief that wavers up and down day and, and changes all the time, at some point uh, conforms to the confession that they make. Mm-hmm. And so when you confess a creed every Sunday, it actually informs your personal belief, it strengthens it, and it keeps you on the, the, the same narrow uh, way of the truth. And so when you have a church's confession, it really leads and guides that personal belief of our own that tends to waver, and, and it makes us, this is what we believe together. And it also then 
shows the importance of having brothers and sisters in Christ as well who make the same confession, because that is very important to your own faith. Mm-hmm. You see this all the time when when a, 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 sometimes a church might change their position on something, whether it's on a whole host of issues. It could be on uh, women pastors. It could be on uh, sexuality. It could be on a whole host of things. And you might hear someone say, maybe you're in, in a church that, that's in this situation where you say, well, I know this has become what our church confesses, but I don't believe that. Okay? What happens is, that may not be your personal belief, but as long as you're in a church that confesses, it's going to change your own personal belief. At some point, what's going to happen is, your personal belief over time will change and morph into what your own church confesses. And so, and so, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm, it's not really what I believe. I don't believe the Bible teaches, even though my church teaches that. I, it's the words of warning that that confession that your church makes over time will form and guide your personal belief in a new direction. Uh, many churches where there, there have been, well, 60% of the church didn't agreed with this, 40% did not. If you go in the next 20 years, what's going to happen? It's going to be like 90-10. It's going to be, yeah, it's, it's going to, the, the, the belief of the people and the members of that congregation will morph into what the church confesses. Mm-hmm. And so you have passages in the Bible that says, Where, for it is with your mouth, your heart, that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Right, just Romans as, chapter 10. Just as scripture says, anyone who puts their trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. It puts two things in there. It says, this is what you believe with your heart, but that's not it only. You confess it with your mouth, and you do that corporately with other people who confess the same thing so that your own personal beliefs don't pull you away from the word of God and the truths of scripture. This this fits well with the continuation of that text. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that with the... Uh, uh, One verse, verse yeah, only. But it fits. It, it, you, it if there. you use it to describe it... It is, okay. yeah. So, so let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful, and it continues. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So there is that aspect of corporate coming together and confess. You know, we, we speak together the same thing. And that, uh, I, I think you're right. I think that's a very helpful way to look at confession. And so, and so, and then there's also a commitment to the confession. You know, going back to the communion thing, you know, if someone says, well, I can believe that today. And you ask, well, is that your confession? Meaning, is this, a, do you, do you make this also your confession by where you go to church, where you choose to hold your membership? Uh, because it's kind of like telling someone, you know, uh, you know, a guy telling a girl before they're married, but I love you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What are they saying? Well, they're saying, this is what I believe today, but I am not yet ready to make that my public confession confession through marriage. Right. And, and that's, you see that it's really the same type of thing. And especially when dealing with the rail, uh, you know, admitting people to the Lord's Supper, pastors are not given to judge hearts. That's not our job. But we do judge confession, and the confession that people make is by their by their words and deeds, whether what they say they believe and how they live their life. 
So we are not to judge people's hearts, but we do we do look at the outward confession. Uh, that's that's the best we can do. All right. Um, by the way, when you added those other verses, I was wondering what kind of car you drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a rusty car that, thanks to a, a, a member, I, I had my last Sunday, and I, after the installation service, I went out to my truck and found a couple cans of spray paint that uh, I think I talked to this member. She said that you know she thought it would help my car get a few more years of life. I can cover over the, the rust a little bit and see if I can extend the, the life of that truck. There's a sermon illustration there somewhere. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Berg, you, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do your quote or you want to do, we got a news that can bother you as well? Let's do the news. <laughs> All right. This news story is brought to us from Vicar. Vicar found this one. You want to let us know what's in the story? Let's do it. This is from Newsweek. Oh, wait, Peter. Oh. <laughs> play, the, play the intro. <laughs> All right. I got it. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. Third time's a charm. Way to follow orders, young man. <laughs> awesome. This is from Newsweek, okay? The headline, Berg, is Robot Priest Reads Sermon at Buddhist Temple in Japan. Finally. All right. Let's get into this a little bit. So Mindar is a six-foot-tall, gender-neutral android modeled after Canon, the Buddhist goddess of mercy. So how is it gender-neutral if it's based off of a goddess? Well, it does say it has a slightly feminine voice. <laughs> but <laughs> just the voice box, I guess. So it, <coughs> this, uh, this robot costs about a uh, million dollars. Mindar is made from aluminum with silicone skin on its face, hands, and shoulders. Oh, that's horrifying. (laughs) It was built by a robotics professor at Osaka University in Japan. Right now, Mindar can only recite the 25-minute Heart Sutra while turning its head and torso around. But what? <laughs> Say that, okay, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. So, so I'm guessing that robot can't do yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the robot reading again? The robot is reading a 25-minute heart sutra while turning its head and torso around. Here's a quote. You can cling to a sense of selfish ego, it says in a vaguely feminine voice. Quote, worldly desires are nothing other than a mind lost at sea. Okay, and this is, this is the part that I think that will bother you, right? So AI, the, the creators are hoping that eventually it'll incorporate AI to provide feedback tailored to individuals who go to the temple for far longer than a human priest could. So Berg, does it bother you that you could be replaced by an AI silicone robot? Actually, one of my favorite books is Good News from the Vatican, where they elect a robot pope. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, you know, I saw this coming. So, you know, Carney's so, over here So it's crying, a robot so. for people like me, right? Right. Well, I'm... no, no, it's not for you because this would go far longer than a human priest could. Oh. And just think, a lot of your strategies wouldn't work because you'd be like, you know, well, I wonder what kind of hard drive this robot's got. <laughs> 
So, you know, <laughs> your, your questions would, would change a lot, I think. So. And it's programmed to go on for 25 minutes straight. Yeah. So I your I think your attention deficit might not do as well with the AI. Well, I think uh, you know we're always looking for new avenues for the podcast, right? <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, we could make a clerical errors robot. The Vicar app is only one step away from that. Oh, that's true. Why why would we need the robot when we have the Vicar app? <laughs> it's the truth, right? And it's a little bit cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you say it cost to build that robot again? Around $1 million. No. Well. We could keep the Vicar program going for a long, long time, time with yeah. a million bucks. That is true. Yeah. Well, that's probably how much you, you wind up paying to, to go to school. <laughs> I was about to ask that question, but I, then I re- reconsidered. <laughs> All right. Well, uh. We do not have any questions. Isn't that sad, Berg? It's very sad. People. People why? are not interested in what we have to say. <laughs> I wonder why. So what what do you think we ought to do about that? Do you think if you're listening, maybe you should send them send us some questions. You know, throw us some pity questions. <laughs> Just yeah. you know. What kind of car do you like to drive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I've already given that away. Everybody knows I drive a sweet Oldsmobile Aurora. <laughs> Remember when Vicar 15.0 had to go out and start it so my engine wouldn't die? Yeah, that was I, that was awesome. It's a classic episode. So, we have actually received an email. Oh, we have. Nice. It's not a question, but it is a email. It's more of a correction it seems. <laughs> All right, fire away, Peter. Yeah. It reads, "Dearest Pastor Bullhagen, you made a clerical error on the regular show, I Yeet Better. You stated that your first date with your wife was way back in 89, but this is inaccurate. It was actually at the Christmas dance on December 22nd, 1990, during your senior year of high school, when you couldn't take your first choice date because she was going to be out of town. <laughs> also, a note to Pastor Berg. It was very kind of you to apologize for leading Bullhagen down the wrong rabbit hole. Please know that you'll never be blamed for his comments unless you intentionally set him up. <laughs> well, he has a very patient, loving, and forgiving wife who really did know what she was getting into <laughs> and yet still married him. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> apparently I was a year off. <laughs> oh, well. I wonder who that email's from. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, go investigate that. <laughs> we may never know. <laughs> I listen to that email and I wonder, what kind of car does she drive? <laughs> I'm guessing a minivan. That'd be my guess. <laughs> the kind that looks like a blueberry. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's been enough nonsense, don't you? <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, guys, send in questions. We really appreciate it. So... And so, uh, thank you for listening. Well, hey, uh, before we sign off, uh, Carney, do you have any parting words? Yes, anything any... anything that my questions lacked. See, we had the <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of chaplains. We've had the, can you, who in this room can you take, do you think? <laughs> no, I, I suppose the only thing I can think of is that, uh, you know, the, the last five years have been uh, uh, a great opportunity to get to know you, uh, all the all the people in this room, and, and uh You've been uh, good colleagues, good friends, and I thank you for for the time in the parish we spent together and uh, look forward to staying in touch. And uh, and, uh, we will certainly remember you and your family and the people that you serve 
in our prayers. Uh, I'm not saying like that, like most people do where they say that and they're like, yeah. Hey, uh, you should give him some of our business cards so he can like, you know, Oh yeah. So that way we can have more listeners in New York. Right. We'll be able to track that. I mean, you know, Hey, have we hit 5,000 yet? Almost. 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 Mm. <laughs> Almost. And Oklahoma? Where are you at, man? There there was somebody who liked clerical errors who was from Oklahoma City but now lives in like Alabama or something. I'm just like, come on, person, you know, get get person, back, you know. Help us out, man. You know you people know? back there. Right. I mean, you're from there. You're from there. I still think we got to get that billboard made, you know. Yeah, the billboards are expensive, though. <laughs> it's maybe, true. Maybe we can get a clerical errors robot in Oklahoma. Oh, Ooh, there you go. They won't know the difference anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, get more listeners from Oklahoma by offending all of them. <laughs> That's a great tactic, Bird. <laughs> Let us know, what kind of cars do you drive in Oklahoma? <laughs> all right, now I think we're done. Yep. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. I am Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And I'm Carney. Thank you for listening. And uh, let Carney do the sign off. Yeah, so sign us off, Carney. We do that. <laughs> Come on, we're waiting. And may your battles of uh, cowherds go your way. <laughs> thank you for joining us. This go. podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.